I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You want to know what's nice? It's nice when you go missing. And people are actually looking for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to say thank you to those who are wondering where the hell we've been. (laughs) You you, you say that, but there's a lot of angry people. I apologize. It's on me. Don't ask why. It's on me, though. People are shitting on us for episode 268 being posted today, and they're ripping on us about what this was. When was this recorded? The Leaf series wasn't even over yet. Because when we last recorded, the Leafs were still going. Everybody was still going, actually. Yep. Yeah. So um, it's kind of crazy. And I'm I'm not even going to start with the fact that Jack Eichel's going to win a Stanley Cup. Damn right he is. Who's happier than me? People think I'm joking. I'm actually not. But I, let's I was... not go there. Let's not go with Jack Eichel. Let's let know. You know what? I think now we have to go. Now have to start there. How is the Buffalo fan base going to feel? Well, what do you think? Do you think? Audience? Do you think the fan base? I don't think they want to see him win a Stanley Cup. No. Okay. Yeah. I I'll be honest with you. I and do. is that fair? Is that fair to be yeah, to yes, feel that they way? Can, they're entitled to feel that way. I know they. Can. Everybody's entitled to their opinion uh, nowadays. What I, what I, but um, what I'm trying to say is, is it? I, I would say that it, there's it? no. It, there's no issue with a Sabres fan saying, I never want to see him win a cup. Okay. I can understand that. I could totally respect that sentiment. In fact, I, so, so can I, so can I, I don't, so, I don't, I would, I wouldn't put down like we, a fan we, base that want, that wants to see Jack Eichel fail. I personally, am on the other side. We can blame Jack Eichel for all of the shit that happened here in Buffalo. But at the end of the day, you can point finger at one situation, and that's the Buffalo Sabres organization in general. Okay? You have the Pagulas, who literally have done everything in their power to put a team together. They've paid top dollar for many, many players. This has nothing to do, do with the Pagulas. The Pagulas have done their job. Everybody under the Pagulas for a decade has shit the bed. Okay? This team hasn't made the playoffs since I played 12 years ago. But I am not going to sit here and blame Jack Eichel for those times. Jack Eichel was uh, many, many times was the only player that actually played on a nightly basis. I don't think anyone's questioning that. No one's questioning that. I think why would why would you root against them then? Well, I think I think they're 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 angry because of the manner in which it ended. I don't even want to talk about that. I'm just talking about more more like you know the the how you the emotion behind seeing him now succeed. Like past that point, have people let that go? Can they let that go? Can they root for that guy? And I would say it's probably split. I 
I am with you. And that's why I'm glad I let you answer first, because I put a lot of thought into this yesterday, which is why you and I spoke before this. And it's like, oh, we're not going to start with Jack Eichel. Well, how can we not? This guy, it, it, yes, he's only, I'm not saying only, He's it, it's only the conference final. It's not the finals. But this is his first time in the playoffs. Yep. And and he's performing, by the way. Performing, yep. Okay. On a, on a very... On a very strong team. Very strong team. He's performing. They, they just knocked off Connor McDavid and, and the Oilers. I mean, that's he Jack Eichel has to be. I know it's the Vegas Knights. I know he's a piece of the Vegas Knights. It's not like he is yeah. Jack Eichel of Buffalo Sabres anymore or face of the franchise. This kid has got to be feeling pretty goddamn good right now about himself and the haters. Well, where are the haters coming from? They're coming from Buffalo. Big fucking deal. You get to sit there, and I didn't like the body language. I didn't like the way he spoke to the media. I didn't like a lot of things from what I heard and what I've seen from Jack when he was here, but he was also a kid. He was also a baby. Got put, got, was given keys to the city at age 18. You're the savior. You're, you're going to save this organization. Well, here's the thing. In saving an organization like a Patrick Kane, okay, and then they then they drafted Jonathan Taves, just like we drafted Reinhardt. What did they do? Did they just sit on their hands for the next number of years, or did they start to immediately surround those talented players with other really, really good players? That's what they did in Chicago. They won three Stanley Cups. And in and and when you when you look at Pittsburgh, the Malkin Crosby era, okay, they went and they started to surround those high end players with the right players. Now I know here in Buffalo that we tried, to, you know, we we ended up getting like Evander Kane. Evander Kane, undeniable, is a great hockey player. He's the worst player that I, I would never in a million years have him on my team. Maybe maybe now that he's older and he's understand a lot of mistakes that he's made. But in the time, that was not a good move for this organization to have that type of player in this organization. Yeah. I mean, there was there was so many wrongs that the Sabres did to help Jack Eichel get over the top. I don't blame Jack Eichel whatsoever. I didn't like his body language, didn't like the way he spoke, but that's youth. That's youth. And I look at I look at the situation. When you when you talk about Jack Eichel when he was here in Buffalo, he was Buffalo. He was the entire team. When you're talking about Jack Eichel in Vegas, you're not talking about Jack Eichel as the entire team. They have Mark Stone, they have um Riley Smith, they have you know um Carlson, they have Marcheso, they have Chan Chandler, they have Petrangelo was a captain. Like they have guys that are that are large pieces to that puzzle. It's not the Jack Eichel show. And that's what's great for Jack is he's in a he's in a place where he's in Vegas where no one gives a flying rat's ass about hockey. They go to the games, but they don't care about hockey. If Jack were to walk down the strip, no one would know who Jack was. No one gives a shit who Jack is. Because you have football there and everything else. I mean, that's that's what's great about playing in cities like that is you can hide. Yeah. Jack Eichel can hide. 
Well, uh, well, he can't hide because he's going to the conference finals against the Dallas Stars, who won Game Seven last night. And have they looked like the Dallas Stars that you expected them to look like in the playoffs? You had them going to the finals. I do, I do. You had I them think... Boston. You had Boston, Dallas in the finals. I think a lot of people did, and I, I don't, I don't think they stand a chance against Vegas, to be honest. You, you're. This is going to be a big boy series. Yeah, this is going to be. This is going to be a monster. Well, I mean, you have Jamie Ben, who, who I wouldn't even say he's older. Like, I mean, he's he's an older player. He's been in the league a long time. Tyler, Tyler Sagan. Um, I mean, just Rupe hints and you know, Jason Robertson has not even shown up to the party. He's been very good. He's been very solid, but he's been quiet. He's been quiet. And I think he's got another level. And if I, I think, you know, when you, when you have, when you go through the playoffs and you win rounds, the pressure doesn't mount. I don't think the pressure I think alleviates as you move forward. I think Jason Robertson, who has a lot of pressure to score goals for the Dallas stars is, is not getting bailed out because it's the wrong choice of words, but Robertson is a goal scorer. He's high forties this year, 40, uh, 42 goals. Uh, the year before that, he is a fantastic player and I don't think he's reached his level of play yet. And, um, I mean, if he can really turn things up, I really like Dallas. I really like Dallas. I think they're super deep, super deep on the forward line, and the defense um, could be maybe their weakness. They're really heavy on the upper side of things. Like the Miro Heiskin is just an absolute dream of a defenseman. He is unbelievable. But um, when you when you start to hit their their fifth and sixth defenseman. You start to scratch your head a little bit and say, maybe that's an opportunity and an opening. Something has to be done in Toronto. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Toronto fans. Actually, I'm not. Um, I hope you suffer. But this this is a good hockey team. But they're they're really not built to win. Like their defense core is solid, but they're but they're really aging out. Giordano, and if you if you add in uh, you know Shen, if you add in McCabe, Riley's. I don't know. I just don't have. I don't. Morgan Riley's I think, a goddamn gamer, man. He earned my respect this playoffs. But understood. You're right, though. They have to do something up front. Their guys are, I feel like they are, their star players are too easy to play against. Can I ask you this then? Just, this is this is the whole conversation. They have a lot of decisions to make this year. Are you moving one of their big four? And if so, who are you moving? Well, can you move John Tavares? No. Okay. I was hoping that you wouldn't say him. No, I I think I, he I think he had an unbelievable year. Just want to say that first and foremost, right? Do you do you agree with me? A phenomenal year. I I started with him because he's he's 
the captain. And and what, yeah. when you say, and I want you to elaborate on no, because is is it no because he's the face of the franchise? Is it no because he makes well he is not the face and, of the franchise? Okay, is it no because um he makes eleven million dollars and he gets you eighty points a year and he's just not an eleven million dollar player? Is it like what's the no? Is it no because he's the captain? My 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 no is that I don't think that you're going to be able to move John Tavares for anything of real significance. Okay. Like John Tavares is a 32-year-old turning 33 making 11 million dollars. Tell me a team Tell me any team in the league that is going to take John Tavares at $11 million. Granted, he had a really, really good year this year, which every every um, Toronto player has great years offensively. He had 36 goals this year and 80 points in 80 games. I don't think that you can move him. Okay. I don't think I, you can move him. I don't if, think you're moving I him. I don't think him. If I could move him, I would move him. Okay, you're not moving him. I think we know that, right? Yeah, you're not, he has like, two you're more not, years left. You're not moving John Tavares. Okay, Mitch Marner. Can the Leafs move Mitch Marner? Guy is a fucking hero in Toronto. He's from Toronto. Well, again, another player that's making ten point nine million, eleven million dollars. Yes or no? Can you move him? Can they justify if they if very news, much if they, so? If it hit the headlines that the Leafs traded Mitch Marner, what do you think would happen there? Well, you need to realize something. Mitch Marner is going into the last two years of his contract. Okay, he has two more years at at ten point nine. He's got a no movement clause in starting in those. So they have to make a decision Correct. on the Mitch Marner. No, you, you can't move him. Uh, you, you absolutely can move him. Okay. Okay. I completely disagree. Can you move oh, Austin Matthews? Oh my God. What? Can you move him? Oh my God. Come on, man. Talking literally. So then what you're saying so I, is I was so listening what you're saying to, is they're being forced into moving Bill Nylander. Because if you're gonna if you're going to do anything, you have to move. Everyone's talking about breaking up. Like if you go and move William Nylander, that's the most obvious, easy, fucking safest move you no, can make. That's not safe. I, I, I really do believe that you're gonna get a shit ton for Willie Nylander. I'm not saying you're not going to get a shit ton for Willie Nylander, but what I'm saying is, is that that's the obvious one because it's the most justifiable. But it's not the move that needs to be done, is what I'm no, saying. No, no, that's I, not man, the man. move. Petey, that's not Petey. the move. Tavares isn't the. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Move. Marner's not the move. Okay, let me ask you this question. Just let me ask you this question. If, if, if you had the ability to trade... Let's just say, okay, you're going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. If I were to say that, and this is just hypothetical, that you could trade uh, Mitch Marner for Brady Kachuk, would you do it? I, I don't even know why you're asking me this. Who, if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes. Of course I would. Okay. Did you see that going differently? Uh, listen, I mean, I think there's a lot there of people that think you're on crack cocaine. There are very few players in this league that I would not trade Brady Kachuk for. Very few. Connor listen, McDavid's Mitch one had of them. 30 goals and 99 points. He had 35 goals and 97 points in 72 games last year. Like, this kid is a point-producing freak. Mitch Marner is an incredible hockey player. The question is, are you, do, do you want to trade um, Mitch Marner, a point-producing freak, throughout, throughout the season to the Ottawa, uh, Ottawa Senators who ultimately you're, you're just getting a very, very different hockey player? Like Brady, Brady Kachuk is a very different hockey player than Mitch Marner. Now they they have their pros and cons. Like I mean, thirty five goals, eighty three points in eighty two games. Brady Kachuk. No, one hundred and twenty six penalty minutes. Yeah, come on, six four two twelve. Damn it! What a fucking stupid thing to say. Okay, so would you trade Austin Matthews for Brady Kachuk? Yes. Yes. Straight up. One for one. Who wins that deal? Like, does Ottawa Senators win that deal? No. Toronto wins that deal. Toronto wins that deal. Brady Kachuk is arguably the best power forward we've seen in, in the last how many years? You ever heard of Leon Dreisaitl? They're not even 100, 125 same, points, man. They're not even close to the same style. Well, you're, of you're talking about you're talking about Brady Kachuk, what he does that you know all the power forwards, they don't fight. They don't fight. Brady Kachuk is one of the nastiest, most physical players in the game today. And not only does he add that element where he can fight anybody in the league. He's also scoring multi he's scoring 35 goals and he's still a young buck. Still a young guy. Getting more over a point a game. I guess my question is is this the most wishful thinking of all time that Ottawa Senators would ever even entertain are trading even, a player are you like that? Really even like what are you doing? Are you having fantasy hockey or have you heard a rumor? No, it's there is no rumor. I'm asking Toronto Maple Leafs here, here, here's here's my point. Here's my point. Make your point. 
Florida Panthers ended up trading a player that was second in league scoring with 115. They also traded with that player, okay, a defenseman that was in the Norris Trophy voting two years in a row. They traded both those players away and a a, a prospect, okay, a very high-end prospect for Matthew Kachuk. And when you sit there and you go over who won that deal, I mean, no one can even no one even answers it because you just kind of look at well, Matthew is on the Hart Trophy ballot. There you go. So what I'm By trying the way, to say, what I'm trying to say is something else that was announced when we were on our little unexpected hiatus. But go ahead. Well, I, I mean, we're talking Toronto. I, I guess You're talking what I'm about trading for Brady. No, 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 no. I'm giving you an idea. Toronto Maple Leafs. If you're going to trade Mitch Marner or a Austin Matthews, the package that you're getting back has to be so significant. It has to be a player where you're not rebuilding. You're not looking for prospects and draft picks. You are looking for a player that needs a new, new life line. I think and the Leafs, I think the Leafs are, they, I think they found their goaltending. I think next year they're going to have Samson off and Wall, and I think they are going to be great for them. I think they need to trade one of those big four. They need to go and get a defenseman, a big defenseman like a Nikita Zadorov or somebody of that magnitude with some of that money and bring in some other, like bring in some bigger pieces up front. I'm, I mean, I'm not moving. I'm not moving on from Dubis. I would bring Dubis back. Keith. Maybe I give him another year. What has he done? What has he done that you don't like? At what point in time are people going to wake the hell up and not point fingers at the easy, easy person? Like it's the easiest thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs is to sit there and point their finger at a coach. It, are we are we going to actually sit there and point a finger at Kyle Dubas and say that he should not be coming back? This young man has gone out, and I'm and I'm a I'm a I think he should be coming back. That's what I'm saying to you. He I is, don't know why they he, wouldn't come bring him back. Not only not only should he be back, I think he should be on a three to five year deal. I think he's earned it. This team has been one of the top teams in the league for well. You got to think years. about this too. They, whoever whoever the GM is in the next calendar year has to make a decision on Austin Matthews. And and the obvious decision is, well, he's coming back. Okay, well, at what price? Yeah. At what price tag? So who moves? And that's the decision that the next general manager has to take care of. Is it Kyle Dubas? He's got one year left. He's got one year left and if at $11.6 million. And if the season ended today and it's one year from now, yep. is he coming back? Well, it's going to be his choice because what you, you got to realize, you were he, him? listen to me, next year he makes $11.6 Four million dollars a year. 
11.64 million. If he goes out and plays the way that he can and scores 55 goals and puts up 105 points, he's unrestricted the year, the year after. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is unrestricted. He can pick any team in the league in where he wants to go. So what's going to happen with Austin Matthews in negotiations this summer? What do you think Austin Matthews is going to be asking for in negotiations? Well, McKinnon's making 12.6, but he has a cup. He'll ask for 12. Uh, 12.5 million. 12.5 million. You're on crack cocaine, man. Well, what, did, this kid, what did Pasternak this kid, get? This kid, this 11. He, he signed for 12. 12. So there, that's what, he, that's. And, his, and McKinnon signed for 12.6. 100,000 more than Ma- and, uh, McDavid. Yes. And McDavid is making 12.5. When you look, you're look. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, players like this, they are, they're the needle movers. They're the ones who set the market for teams. And in the next number of years, maybe not next year, but in the next number of years, that cap is going to be going up $10 million. Austin Matthews agency knows all of these things. They know, they know how it's all going to work. So what what is going to be the price tag? Well, does he want to price his team out of a chance of having some actually like, here we he are already talking, has here we he are saying has, in, in Buffalo we're saying, hey, uh no, no, he hasn't. He's a twelve million dollar player. Austin Matthews is a twelve million dollar player. And here we are in Buffalo saying, uh, you know, we would love for Rasmus Dahlin to say nine point five million because he is a ten plus million dollar defenseman, and he that extra money could go toward the team because you got Tage on a cap friendly deal, and so, so why would Austin Matthews be would not what would he not be expected to do anything differently in Toronto of all places? I mean. He's he's not a market setter. He does not deserve a penny more than Connor McDavid. I mean, yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. And I'm going to tell you why. Nate McKinnon is every good, every bit as good as Connor McDavid is. Every bit as good, if not even a little bit different with some more intangibles. Okay, he's almost as fast. He's maybe just not at quite as dynamic. But his numbers, he's not that far off. Like, he crushed Austin Matthews this year, but he won a fucking Stanley Cup. That is the difference. That is the difference. Austin Matthews hasn't done shit. So, Uh, I mean, that's really tough to say that Austin Matthews hasn't done shit. He hasn't done shit in the playoffs. But he hasn't, like, I mean, he... Austin Sorry, Matthews. Let me rephrase that. You're absolutely right. Austin Matt, the teams that Austin Austin Matthews has been on have not done shit. Okay. And he's the face of those teams, as you corrected me earlier. Yeah, I, I, I look at Austin Matthews. I think of him as one of uh the elite players in the game. Um I think he's a market setter. I think he's a market setter. Who would Just you rather like, have Matthews or Pasternak? 
the fact that you even have to think about this. Oh, come on. Listen, listen, no, listen, it listen. It's pretty, it's pretty telling. It's pretty telling. It's it, listen. Are you saying that I'm wrong for having to think about this? Because the way the way well, I look I, at this, I, the way I look at this, Petey, I think is, if you're going to sit there and say that that Austin Matthews deserves more than Connor McDavid, and then have to think about whether you'd rather have Pasternak or Matthews, makes me say, why the fuck would you pay Matthews a penny more than twelve million dollars? If Matthews and I'm going to tell you why, and demands more than twelve million, you have to move him. I, I'm going to tell you why. You know, um, Pasternak is a superior goal scorer, one of the top in the league. He's always been one of the top, okay? He he has had the luxury of being drafted onto a team that had some of the greatest leaders in the game. To come to a team with, with um, Zidane Chara on your team, to come to a team with Patrice Bergeron on your team, come to be on. surrounded with guys like... The likes of 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 Brad Marchand and and playing with Bergeron for a number of years, he doesn't have the same pressure that a guy like Austin Matthews has. Austin Matthews is a superior. If you were to take Austin Matthews and put him on Boston, where he is basically playing for a team that has a Zidane Chara and a Bergeron on there that that are leading them. Austin Matthews is a very different player. That's that's just the way I look at it. I mean, I think Austin Matthews is a superior player. I think he's going to have to sign a contract. You think Austin Matthews has all the pressure? I mean, he there, there's going to be a decision made. Mitch Marner, who's from Toronto, making a, a, practically eleven. You've got uh, Nylander making what seven, six, nine, seven. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, you, you've got Morgan Riley making what seven, five. Yep, pretty close. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, Matthews, it's not like Matthews was Eichel here in Buffalo, even ever. He's always kind of, he had, he's had Tavares there the entire time. He's had, yep. you know, he's, he's had other pieces around him. Now he has Ryan O'Reilly to take some of that pressure off of him. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly is, is, is an aging hockey player that is, uh, been a very, very good player in the league. Won uh, Con Smythe, won the uh, Selkie, won a Stanley cup, but he's not the same player as what he was five years ago. Austin Matthews is in the prime of his career. He's a 25 year old superstar. It is undeniable that, that Austin Matthews in today's game, whether you like it or not is in a top five could be argued right now. could be a very long argument, but a top five forward in the league right now. Austin Matthews is a top five forward in the league right now. Yes. I think every year he's going to be projected that way, but I don't think this year he was. Yeah. Listen, I mean, he missed six games. He had 40 goals. He misses, and, that's another uh, thing. He misses. He gets hurt every year. That's another thing. I don't care if it's six games, seven games, 20 games. He gets hurt every year. You are very correct on that. He played his 82 games. He played in his first year. Then he went to 62 games, then to 68 games, then to 70 games. Then I think it was a shortened season at 52 games. Then he's played 73 and 74. He hasn't been healthy for the last seven years. 
Nathan McKinnon played 71 games this year. He had 111 points. He missed 11 games. Chalk up another. So 20, 11 games. Losing this argument. I'm losing this argument, and I don't even want to argue it. I don't even want to argue it because I think Jason Robertson at 7.5 or Austin Matthews is at 11.6. I take Jason Robertson at 11.6 over Austin Matthews at 7.5. Even though he only has two goals in the playoffs. I just don't think I think Matthews is a regular season performer. I, I don't even have a problem with Nylander. I think Nylander so busts his ass this. and I was hardest on him for years yeah. because of so his let me ask Alex, you this. But you have you have Austin Matthews who has one year left in his deal at eleven point six. Then after that, he's unrestricted. Do you feel? Because I'm going to tell you this: they the Toronto Maple Leafs have to make a decision this year. There's there's a decision that has to be made this summer. Austin Matthews will be a Toronto Maple Leaf on a long term contract, or you have to trade him. You are not going into the season. And I repeat this, you will not go into the season without an extension for Austin Matthews. He holds all the cards. He's an unrestricted free agent. You have to have this young man signed. Okay? And it's either you are going to sign the deal at $12.5 million. Okay? Let's just say it's $12.5 million for eight years. If he goes and signs that, then it's going to be signed, sealed, and delivered, and you move on. So someone told me this once from Arizona. They said Arizona boys are Arizona boys, and they're always Arizona boys. What does that mean? It means. What does that mean, Andrew? Does that mean you think he's going to, he he wants to. It means I think he'd be a nice piece with Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Lawson Krauss, Barrett Hayden. I can't I, I I can't I can't deny that. I can't deny that, Andrew. He might want to go back to Arizona. Have you seen Arizona's sweet little pad? This yeah. draft they have two firsts, a second, four thirds. Next year, one first, four seconds, three thirds. The next year they have one first, four seconds, two thirds. That's all trade bait. When they get Austin Matthews, every single fucking player in the league and they get approved for a new rank, is going to want to be an Arizona Coyote. It's going to be the hottest new place to play, just like ASU is becoming the hottest new college to go play at. So what you're saying is this. Gary Bettman is going to tell Arizona to get off their humps, go and sign Austin Matthews to a deal, and get him in Arizona. Can you imagine what that would do for that franchise and turning it around fan base wise? They'd get at least, you know, 6,000 a game for the next few years. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Instant credibility is what you get out of making that move. Here's the thing you can't trade for him. You cannot trade for him. You, you have spent the last number of years sucking to high hell and then all of a sudden you're going to trade all of these pieces away for one player it's not going to happen it's not going to happen i didn't say trade him i think if if austin matthews plays out this one year 
I could see him go to Arizona. If that is what happens and we do not see him sign a deal with Toronto, Toronto's going to have to move him. You cannot, under any circumstances whatsoever, be in a situation to be held hostage from Austin Matthews. He has to either sign a contract, which is fair for both, both sides. You're going to have to pay him because he's a big boy hockey player. But man, would would he look good in Arizona with the with the young talent that they have? Wow, they would be dynamic for a number of years to come. Is Connor McDavid losing his shit in Edmonton, you think? Um, I would say I would say that Connor McDavid right now is in a better place mentally than he's been in a very long time. Explain. I think that the moves at the deadline, the Matthias um, Ekholm, the uh, Bjorkstrad or Bjorkstrad, I'm Bjork, yeah, get Bjorkstrad. name, yeah, not, I'm butcher that one. Um, uh, who else? Not Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstad. Bukestad, oh. there we go. Oh my God, big man, Thank six you. four, Warren awesome third, awesome third third line centerman. Um, who else did they bring in? They brought in some pieces. Fogel, that Fogel. They brought in some pieces that really helped turn this around. And um, you know this this team in Edmonton is is damn close to being a team that can win a Stanley Cup. They are damn close. And I think that you're going to you're going to go you know, put in the work this summer, you're going to come back. I think the team's going to be stronger than what they were throughout the season because you're going to have players that are going to be there um full year and then at the deadline, the trade deadline next year is when you go all in. I think that's when you're 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 understanding that Connor McDavid's going to play at the at the peak of his career, along with Dreisaitl, along with the likes of Ekholm and uh, um, uh, Bouchard, you know, players like that, I think Edmonton is going to be a really, really tough team to play against in, in the future. So I don't think he's, I think he's upset about not winning because he's just a, he's a competitor. None of these guys want to lose. They want to win championships. And when you lose, you, you know, forfeit the opportunity of hoisting the cup. I, I, I feel like he is just beside himself. Management wise, team wise, like what, what is, what is your thought when you say that? I think and his press guy, conference at this, the end of the year was very short. Did you hear that? I th- no. Did I hear it was short? Yes. Did I hear what he said? No. He's a he's a guy. A few words anyway. Uh, he that's one interview you never have to see because he's never going to paint himself into a corner where you're you're going to have a soundbite. You're just not. And he's he's and he's actually great at brushing questions off. And but the 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 point is. I think this guy has a standard set for himself. And did it's he reach not. It? Did no. he reach it? No. What? 
I don't think he's satisfied. I think he knows every year he's going to lead the league in points. Do I think maybe he surprised himself this year with 60 goals? Yeah. Did we think Connor McDavid couldn't score 50? No. 60? If someone said Connor McDavid is going to score 60 this year or last year, I'd say, okay, sure. I absolutely buy that. How could he, how could you does bet he have against the ability that? to score 70 is the yes. question. Yes. Yes, he does. But that's not even, that's not even the point. I think that that's not the, I, I think that's fine and dandy for, for some guys to be like, oh man, I run the rock and I scored 65 one year, but this guy doesn't want to just go down as like the, the greatest modern day player or fastest, most talented player to ever play because no one measures, no one measures anybody up by that. Like everyone forgets Pavel Bure. Everyone forgets certain players because they don't see them hoisting the Stanley cup. And Connor McDavid, if he doesn't win, everyone was right about his ability. Great. But Guys that are, you don't want to just be, you don't want people to just be right about their ability or live up to the hype and the expectation. It's winning championships. That measures your absolute greatness. You think like, Connor McDavid is going to win a championship? Ever? Ever. Or in Edmonton? Ever. I'll tell you that after when his contract expires. I no, can't tell I'm you asking, that right now. I'm asking you a question right now that you will answer. You cannot wait. I can't tell you. For, I can't tell you that. You understand that there's a two-year window. There's a two-year window for the Edmonton Oilers to win a Stanley Cup. And their goaltending, they have locked up for five years and four years. Correct. What I'm saying to you is the Edmonton Oilers have a lifespan. And it's called two years. And what I mean by that is one of the greatest players in the game right now that's not called Connor McDavid has two years left on his deal at $8.5 million. $8.5 million. Leon Dreisaitl is playing at a $14 million rate. And when he goes and he finishes this contract and being an unrestricted free agent, he is going to get paid. He's going to be 29 years old when his contract is up. Leon Dreisaitl has two more years. If you do not win in those two years, you are in massive, massive trouble. And I'm going to tell you why. You cannot have a $12.5 million Connor McDavid who's going to have one year left on his deal and a Leon Dreisaitl Who's going to make thirteen million minimum, absolute minimum? He will make thirteen million dollars. You can't have a twelve and a half million dollar guy and a thirteen million dollar guy. Would you agree? Yeah, they're so so. They have two years left. They have two years left at Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl making twelve five and eight five. After those two years, this this dynasty is done. Because they're going to price themselves out of the ability to be competitive. How many players have won a Stanley Cup in NHL history making more than $10 million a year? How many? Uh, zero. Or zero. is there? No, there, yeah, there hasn't. Yeah, there's zero. Zero. So let's look, at, let's look at the four teams that are left. You have Carolina Hurricanes. Do they have a $10 million player? 
No, I don't think so. Highest paid player is uh, Sebastian Ajo making 8-5. Then you have the Florida Panthers. Uh, they Bobrovsky. have two players. Two players. Barkov, Bobrovsky, both making $10 million and a $9.5 million player in Kachuk. They're not going you to win. So you, you flip to the other side. Dallas right. Stars do not have a $10 million player, but have a 9.75 and a 9.25 in Sagan and Jamie Benn. But under the $10 million mark, Vegas Golden Knights, Jack Eichel, $10 million guy. So you have two out of the four teams left have 10 plus million dollar players that have never, it's never happened in the history of the game. Edmonton Oilers are in big trouble because they have a two-year window because of Dreisaitl's $8.5 million contract. Well, and you got nurses 9-5. Nurses nurse. You know, there's a lot of player, a lot of defensemen out there, top-end defensemen that are making around nine, nine and a half million dollars. Hey, I'd, I'd take them on my team at 9-5. I'm just saying it's another big salary to have at, you know, with a 12 and a half and a eight and a half million dollar guy. Yeah. But, um, league's got to be thrilled about the, uh, revenue situation in the Eastern conference finals. Huh? We were joking about it, but it actually came to fruition when you have Florida Panthers and the Carolina hurricanes. They have to be beside themselves. Would you say those are the two smallest fan bases in the league? I mean, I don't think I ever no, walk no, around. No, 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 no. They're Carolina not the two Hurricane smallest. Care. They're not the two smallest fan bases. Like Carolina Hurricanes in two thousand six won a Stanley Cup. Okay, okay. I know that's a long time ago. It's like you know, seventeen years ago. That being said, um, Florida Panthers have only really struck their fan base in the last three, three, four years. Okay, they've they've um, kind of turned things around there, but it was bismal for many, many, many years in Florida. Decades, small fan base, small ticket prices. Same with Carolina, small ticket prices. Dallas Stars, pretty solid fan base. Um, last time they won a Stanley Cup was what? Early 2000s? Dallas? Yeah. 99. 99, okay. There you go. Um so it's been a while for them, but Dallas has always been a pretty solid fan. Well, they've base. been in the finals, but they they've been to the finals. They've had they had all those years of good teams yep. in the late nineties, yeah. like you said, early two thousands. Yep, they had some yep. really good teams, and they have a good they have a good following. Um, you know, fall, obviously fan bases fall off a little bit depending on how strong the team is. Yeah, but the but league Vegas did Golden not... Knights, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, I, I I'm sure you can charge an arm and a leg for ticket prices there. But for the most part, Gary Bettman is just, he is not a happy camper. Well, is it, or, with, or is he not? Is, is that not true? Because look at it from this standpoint. These are four pretty untraditional hockey markets from when I grew up. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, when you heard about, you know, the Minnesota North Stars moving to Dallas, you're kind of like, Dallas? Yeah. 
you know, the Cowboys, yeah. you know, yeah. Cal, you know, Vegas <laughs> in the desert, Arizona, same thing, but we're not talking about them. You know, Florida, when the Florida Panthers came into the league, I, I just, I, I was, I just, it wasn't a hockey traditional market for me. And then Carolina, same thing. Like it drives me nuts and it has nothing to do with the fact that they beat us in Buffalo here in 05, 06 and seven games. And we lost our defenseman has nothing to do with that. It's like, it's to me, it's just not a traditional hockey market. Now I'm not saying they don't have any tradition. I'm just saying. They don't, your, they're like a yo-yo. It's not your they're Boston, like a, they're literally your New like Yorks, your Canada teams, you know, like yeah. things like that. I, it's I, a smaller, it's a smaller market team that don't have a massive following. Um, they play a super boring style of hockey, which is kind of like the old devil style. They're very structured. They're very defensive minded. Their best player is Sebastian Ajo, who is one of the best two-way um, defending type centermans in the league, but he's not dynamic whatsoever. Um, there, it's a boring, it's a, it's a boring team. And, um, I don't think the ticket prices are going to be high. I don't think the the I don't think the NHL and Gary Bettman well, are very happy that you have Florida Panthers, which fuck they were giving they were giving away tickets. True hockey fans who like to watch hockey are going to tune in and watch this series, but I don't think you're drawing any massive numbers here. I I could be wrong. I, I look forward to, to hearing and talking about it. It's something I'm going to research because I want to know. You know what these what, I mean, what the numbers look like. They'll you lose out the them. the Rangers, Boston, Fuck, like Toronto. Devin, I think those are massive, massive, massive markets. You look even New Jersey. I mean, you're talking massive markets here. You can't. You, the league cannot be happy with this. They had to have seen Boston. Yeah, Carolina was maybe a guarantee because of they were such a good team. But you had to have one of those other monsters in there. You had to have a Toronto or a Boston. It had to be one of those teams. I'm really excited about that series. Just for the ratings. Just for the revenues. The players must be losing their shit. Because you remember when we were players, all you're rooting for were game sevens. And and when your team's out, you just want the big market teams to get in. You're just like, get in. Generate as much revenue as you can. If I'm sitting at home... I'm sitting at home watching this shit. At least I want the top, the the big boy teams to be in to 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 make us some money. Every so. team that was out of the playoffs, we're rooting for the Leafs. <laughs> Every team. Who do you want to win? Right now, the whole thing. Yeah. And then tell me why. I want the Florida Panthers to win. Okay. And tell me why. Sergey Bobrovsky. Is, are you serious? That's it. Okay. That's my emotional tie to the playoffs. Oh my god. Sergey Bobrovsky. Yeah, Sergey. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because the first 10 plus million dollar player to win the Stanley Cup will be Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one for me to swallow 
I um, know because you know Florida Panthers. Of, no, like, well, yeah, listen. I mean, I watched a lot of Florida games for a lot of years when Mac was there. I really enjoyed watching the Florida Panthers. They had a great team. Obviously, won the President's Trophy last year, um, or the year before. And uh, listen, I mean, I I have this absolute love hate relationship with Matthew Chuck. God, I hate this kid more than anything because I cannot believe someone has not wanted to pound him and fight him every single minute that he's been on the ice because he's such a, a little shit. But at the same time, he's literally one of the greatest players in the game. He is how he plays the game is just completely off the chart. The Kajuk brothers right now, to me, are two of the most fun players to watch and guys that I respect and how they play the game because they play it, they play it new school in this new form, but they also play old school, old, uh, old Walt Kachuk, um, and, and how their, their father played. And, uh, they have a combination of, of both skill sets, which is just incredible. So as much as I want to see him succeed, man, he pisses me off watching him play. Cause he's just kind of such a rat. Um, but for me, and then Sergey Bobrovsky thing, I'm just going to let that go. Cause I know you're not, I know you're not serious, but, for me, Dallas Stars, Dallas Stars, Joe Pavelski, just truly an incredible person and an incredible career. And thirty-eight years old, it's how much more? How many more years does does uh, Joe Pavelski have? And he's given he's given fans and this league a lot to to enjoy. And uh, I hope that he can pull that off in Dallas. And I'm gonna. It's gonna be an unpopular thought, but I'm gonna tell you. I have no ill will against Jack Eichel. I think if his team continues to gel and push, it would be pretty cool to watch Jack Eichel uh, hoist a Stanley Cup because I don't have the hatred for him. I had I had displeasure for sure when he left Buffalo. There was a lot of things that I didn't like, but he was also a very young man. Also a very young man, and I'm sure I'm sure even he would um think back and maybe change some things and do some things differently. That being said, I'm super pleased with Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, Yari Kulich, and I would make that trade a thousand times over. So at the end of the day, if Jack Eichel can win the Stanley Cup with his team and perform something great, I'm happy for him. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Revee 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.